Our scripture reading for today is taken from the Gospel of St. John, chapter 10, and then beginning with verse 11. And Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. And then we hear, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. These are your words, Heavenly Father, they are your truth. We pray that you would increase our faith through them. Amen. There was a uh, news anchor for NBC News a number of years ago by the name of Tom Brokaw. He's retired now. He wrote a book called The Greatest Generation. And what inspired him to write this book was to sit down with many of the men who had served in World War II and uh, from his own community, people that, and, and to hear stories that they had about the war. And one of those stories, I remember, it's near the front of the book, really impressed me. This man who was now in his upper 70s started telling a story about his commander back on D-Day when they, uh, when they hit the beaches of Normandy in France and were, were going to go up against the Nazi soldiers. And they had to go up these rather steep hills or almost cliffs. And this man was telling the story about his commander who had gone ahead of, of his troops and um, was, was trying to let them know where the mines were. The, it was like a minefield up this hill and was sticking little yellow flags in the hillside so the, the people knew, the soldiers coming behind him knew where to go. And by the time this man who's telling the story got there, his commander had already blown off half of his leg and was now laying on this hillside bleeding, but was still yelling to the soldiers behind him how to avoid the mines that now would take his life, and he ended up dying in that battle. And as this man was telling the story, um, Tom Brokaw, the author of the book, was saying that he just began, he broke down and just started crying and just had, had such love and dedication to this man, this commander of his, who had spared his own life. Sometimes we see this happen with, with people who see uh, tremendous sacrifices by their parents. And they see this tremendous dedication their parents had to them and and they, they just have such a love for that and an appreciation and a, a dedication back to their parents and allegiance to that parent for being so self-sacrificing. The sheep who belong to Jesus Christ speak of Jesus with tremendous affection and admiration and dedication and allegiance. Why do Christians hang pictures of Christ in their homes? Why do they wear crosses around their neck? Why do they gather to hear his word? Why do they care so much about this, this true figure in history, Jesus of Nazareth? Well, it's because they recognize his, his extreme devotion to them, to each one of them, and what he's done for them. His life was not taken as a mistake. The, the death that he suffered on the cross was not, was not just kind of a, 
a happenstance of circumstances that just befell on him. No, he took this on himself. It was his very mission. It was his very purpose. The Bible says the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. He intentionally went to that cross. And in our text, he says about himself, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. It doesn't just say he gets killed for his sheep. He purposefully lays down his life for the sheep. And we see this during the Lenten season as we hear the readings and the passion history about Jesus. We, we hear about him in the Garden of Gethsemane, for instance, where his disciples are going to defend him with, with a sword. And he says, no, put away the sword. Let this be. Let, let me get arrested. Let me be taken into trial and put on a cross, ultimately, in order to fulfill what the scriptures have said. We see him allowing the entire process of his his trial and his execution, his whipping, all of that to take place intentionally. And even when he dies, it doesn't just say in the Bible that he dies. He's the son of God. It says he gave up his spirit. He intentionally gave up his life. And that's why the sheep love him so much. That's why they have such an allegiance to this Jesus. When I was in um, high school, a friend of mine, I found out, uh, was in his room one day and he had a box that had been sent to him and it was full of little presents and gifts. And I said, is it your birthday? And he said, no, it's not. But he said, a family sends me these every year because he said, when I was 12 years old, he was now about 16 or 17, when I was 12 years old, um, I jumped out of my boat to go rescue their child who was drowning. And I pulled him on shore and gave him mouth to mouth and he survived. And uh, the family sends me this gift box every year. They, they felt such a, a dedication and admiration for the fact that this young man had, had sacrificed potentially his own life to spare the, the life of their son. Consider what the sheep of Jesus Christ have observed about this good shepherd, the Son of God. Just think about it. He, he leaves the comforts of heaven and all the glory that he's enjoying in heaven to come down into this veil of tears, this difficult world, and to be born just like you and I were born, to, to live a life of poverty, to allow himself to be abused and spit at and whipped and ultimately tortured and put on a cross, the most horrible criminal type of death that you could have had in that day. And he does all of this willingly. He, he willingly places himself over the fires of hell so we would never have to feel that. He allows the Father to completely abandon him, to completely turn his back on him so that will never happen to us. And he, he basically gives you and me as a gift everlasting life in heaven where nothing will ever be bad or wrong or there will be no tears. And he did all of this just purely because he cares about you and cares about us. So it's no wonder we wear crosses around our necks. It's no wonder we hang them on our walls and have pictures of Christ around. It's no wonder that we love him and love to gather and, and hear his word. And they know that the word of this good shepherd will never, will never mislead them. If someone has demonstrated that kind of dedication to you, just like that soldier going up the hill, looking at your commander with his leg blown off and he's giving you directions, of course you're going to follow that. Think what he's been willing to give up for you. And his own life would be perishing. 
So when, when the Good Shepherd speaks to us and gives us commands to follow in our lives, even though our sinful human nature sometimes fights against that, we need to listen because he will never give you a command or direction in life that is going to harm you. It will always be for your benefit. It will always be especially for your eternal good. No one has ever been let down who has listened to that voice and followed it. Now, we have an allegiance to this good shepherd also because he knows us so well. He knows, knows us so intimately. He says, I know my sheep. The Greek word there means not just to understand who they are or to know who they are, but to deeply understand what makes them tick, to deeply understand them. They claim that some shepherds know individual sheep in their flocks so well. They know which ones have weaknesses, which ones are sick, and so on that they know that there are certain ones they have to keep an eye on in different ways. You can see this with parents sometimes. Sometimes parents know their children so well that they can see in their eyes when they're not feeling well. They can hear in their voice when they're tired. They can tell when they're hungry, even when the child couldn't verbalize it. But the parent knows them so well. This is how Christ is toward us, the members of his flock of sheep. He knows us so well. You can see this in multiple stories in the Bible. We think about the, the, the woman at the well that comes to talk to Jesus. He knew her whole life. We think about the, the, the widow who, who is putting the little coins in the alms box, and Jesus talks to his disciples and explains her whole situation. We think of the widow of Nain as Jesus stops the funeral procession to raise her son back to life. We think of the crippled man at the pool of Bethesda, Jesus knew everything about his past. Your Savior knows you and me better than we will ever know ourselves. And so when he gives us commands and directions, knowing what he's already done for us, it's always going to be for our good and for our benefit. And the real reason we have allegiance to him is this. The, the final reason is there's no other voice that can guide you or me through the gates of heaven. There's no other voice that can do that for us. That's why Jesus once asked his disciples, are you going to go away from me too? And Peter gave that great confession. He said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. You are blessed to be in this flock. Amen.